Okay, we got a 20-minute message. So pay attention. I call this sermon, What Happens When You Meet Jesus? Some of you guys, tonight, you walked in and you felt goosebumps, you felt the goosies, you felt the Holy Spirit. You felt something deep, right? The first song, you're like, man, all these people are hyped for, for a God. I don't even know where the God is. Where's the God at? No, no, no. We don't see him. We experience him. And if he was, if he was, if he was easily tangible and, and confined to a space, man, he wouldn't be God. If God is as big as we believe he is, you know, there's, there's some things we need to leave to him, like our faith and our trust. So when we worship, and you're seeing people, they're like, Yo, they look like crazy people. Well, God's done some crazy things. And when God does crazy things, you react with a crazy praise. So I came to remind people who come to church every week, and you're waiting for another spiritual rush. I came to let people know if it's your first time, second time, whoever you are, what happens when you meet Jesus? Some of you need a reminder. Because Jesus isn't enough for you anymore. Some of you need a, a, a home button moment when you remember this is all about Jesus. I can come here and preach on, you know, Samson, and I come out here and preach on Esther. I, I'll, preach a, I'll preach a good message on I'll tell you that much. I'll preach a good message on Esther. I can't preach everything I want to preach up here. I'm preaching Jesus. Jesus is all you need. Jesus is the center of everything. If all you have in this world is Jesus, you have everything you need. So let me preach to you Jesus. What happens when you meet Jesus? So somebody say Saul. Somebody say Paul. Same guy, two different names. The only thing that separates his old name from his new name is Jesus Christ. How in the Bible, the boy's conversion. Like when you read Acts chapter 9, it starts off Saul's conversion. This dude Saul, somebody say Tailwist. I said that on Sunday, and I was like, I sound like a three-year-old. Tailwist terrorist. He was a Christian killer. Like, he hunted down Christians and killed them. Like, he wasn't a bad guy. He was the worst guy. And some of y'all in here already like, man, I can't be in this church thing. You know what I did last week. Were you killing Christians? I'm pretty sure you weren't. And God had a new name for this guy. There's hope for you. I don't care if you've been to the darkest valley. I don't care if you've done something stupid. God still loves you. Stop giving him excuses of not to use you. That's petty. That's pathetic. God can use anything. He can use you. You feel ugly. You feel dirty. You feel like your past is too big for your future. God is bigger than your giant. I got a pass, Pastor. Man, come on, dog. We all got a pass now, don't we? Well, I'm not, I'm not looking at my past. I'm, I'm walking forward. And Saul, he was a terrorist. Legit murdered Christians. And God does something crazy, yo. What God does to this man, some of y'all experience it every single week. It's, it's what happens when you meet Jesus. And once you meet him, something happens inside of you that you want to keep on meeting him. You want to keep on showing up. You want to keep on leaning in. You're like, man, this fulfillment I feel, I can't get anywhere else. I can't get from a petty relationship. I can't get from a weird, strange addiction. I can only get it from the God who made me. What happens when you meet Jesus? Terrorist. You know what I'm saying? Like, Christians. I'm pretty sure God, God can still use you. Can I get an amen tonight? 
Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 19. If you don't have a Bible, then follow along with me. I didn't mean to rap. It just happened. I don't even know what just happened there. Hey, stop. <laughs> My ADD is kicking in. Meanwhile, stall, stall, Saul. You guys with me? I'm sorry to give you my back. I know that's so bad. Saul was still breathing. You guys with me? Yes. Breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. Some say, I'm a disciple. He was, he was breathing out murders. When the Bible says you're breathing out murders, you're breathing out murders. That's, that's wild. You got to read the Bible for how it is, right? You're like, you're like, when he was breathing out murderous threats, like, nah, this dude was breathing out murderous threats. He's like, he's going down the street yelling, blah, blah, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's like, crack, crack. Now, you Christian, he's like, boy, it's game over. That's how you got to read the Bible. It's like, NGV, the new ghetto version, you know what I'm saying? You got you to gotta translate it. <laughs> and he asked, he asked him for letters to the synagogues, just follow along with me, in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, to Jesus, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus, on his way, literally to go get people and throw them in prison, his journey, suddenly, a light from heaven flashed around him. Daniel, can you make the whole place strobe? Wait, blackout first. Okay, now, when I say go, I want you to make it seem like a light is coming from heaven. Only on these bars on the floor and the bars on stage. <laughs> Some of you guys are like, what is he talking about? R2-D2, all right, here we go. So, it says a light shone from heaven. Go ahead, put the stroke. There you go. <laughs> so this dude's on his donkey, riding to Damascus, pulling up easy on him. Sitting on some 22s. And out of nowhere, God says, yo, I'm about to show up. And then, bam. It's just, he's like, oh, let's keep reading. This is the Bible coming to life. You see, it's coming to life. <laughs> Boom. Suddenly, a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground. And he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul. Why do you persecute me? It's funny because Saul kills Christians believing that their God doesn't exist. But once he gets in contact with the real God, look at his answer. He says, who are you, Lord? Some of you guys are running from the God that you already know. Some of you guys are trying to dodge the God that you're already familiar with. Your mama been praying for you. Your grandma been praying for you. Get your act right, boy. It's just a matter of time before you return to the God you've been running from. You already know him. You already know him. You already know him. He said, who are you, Lord? I don't even know you, but who are you? Lord, so asked. He's, and then he hears a voice saying, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. As Jesus says, when you hurt my disciples, when you hurt my church, you're hurting me. He's saying, why are you persecuting me? And I can imagine Saul saying, I'm not persecuting Jesus. I'm just persecuting those who follow him. Relax, dude. I ain't even touched you yet. 
No, 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 no. You touch my children, you're touching me, Papa. If you mess with my people, you're messing with me. If you persecute my children, I'm not okay with that. And you see this happen a lot in Scripture. Proverbs 19, verses 16 to 17 says this. He who keeps commandment preserves his soul, right? For those who want to live long, beautiful lives, keep God's commandments. When you don't, he's, he, you know, he who is careless in his ways will die. So, you know, you could dodge a lot of death if you're just obedient in God. We'll keep talking about that later. Kindness to the poor is a loan to the Lord. Kindness to the poor is a loan to the Lord. Kindness to the poor is a loan to the Lord. When I give to the poor, I'm really giving to God. When I hurt the church, I'm actually hurting their father and when I give to his children I'm giving to the Lord you see this happen all the time a lot of times in scripture Matthew chapter 25 verses you guys with me 35 to 40 this is Jesus speaking he says for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink I was a stranger and you invited me in I needed clothes and you clothed me I was sick and you looked after me I was in prison and you came to visit me next verse then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty? So they're like, what are you talking about, bro? i never seen you thirsty, dog. Do you mean I didn't feed you, give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and, and, and we didn't invite you or needing clothes and didn't clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? What are you talking about, bro? He said, the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters, you did it for me. Whatever you do with one another, you're doing it for me. That's why I love you, yo. Look at someone say, I love you. And say, I'm doing that in the name of Jesus. I love you in the name of Jesus. You know what this leads me to believe? You guys with me? You know what this passage leads me to believe? Number one, we are really the body of Christ. I don't care if you feel like you're a finger. I don't care if you feel like you're a stubbed toe. I don't care if you feel like you're any part of the body. It doesn't matter. You're part of this body and you matter. That's why we need you here every week, yo. Imagine I show up, I show up to church one day and my arm's missing. Where's your arm at? It just didn't decide to come this week. Look at that. Just didn't feel right. It's a bad week for him. I was playing ball and he got hurt, so he decided to stay home. And now I'm preaching with one arm. Show up with no leg. What happened? Oh, oh my, my leg is, you know. And, and we show up. And when we show up to the streets of Kissimmee, I want to show up as a complete body of Christ. Not with just a few people that have been here since the beginning, but the entire body saying, God, I'm here. You can use me however you want to use me. I may not even stand all this mumbo jumbo, but I'm showing up. Leave me. I need to be a part of this. When I'm hurt, Jesus hurts. When you're alone, listen, we feel that. We feel each other's burdens. We carry each other. That's why we're in small groups. And you're like, man, I don't need small groups. I don't need small groups. I don't need small groups. And come to a point, you got no one to call, and it's late, and you're doing something stupid. You need someone to keep you accountable. And you're like, where's my church at? God, I thought you were good. You can't expect people to reach if you're not willing to reach back. You need community. You need people around you. We're the body of Christ. Somebody say, show up. Next idea, let's build each other up as we show the world who Jesus is by our example of love. Let's build each other up and show the world who Jesus is by our example of love. Another quick idea, let us be known not for our judgment, but for our love and our kindness. That's what we're known for here. 
We're not going to judge your journey. We're going to celebrate your steps. We're not going to, oh, man, you, you went to that church. Oh, well, 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 go ahead. Go ahead, tell me. I already know who you are. No, 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 you start 100% here, baby. You 100%. You come to New Birth, you 100%. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what church you came from. I don't care what lifestyle you're walking away from. When you come into the house of God, you have grace and mercy all over you. We will not judge you. We will love you along the way. Why would you leave a place that loves you? Why would you abandon a house that cares for you? Why would you run from parents that care for you? We're going to be known for that. We're not going to judge you here. We're going to walk with you. But you got to give God a chance. And I love what's happening in verse 3. He neared Damascus in his journey. Suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And he fell to the ground. And he heard a voice say, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus. You're persecuting. Lightning. And there's like a light from heaven. And there's another passage in Scripture. I think we've talked about it every week for the last like four weeks. We just hint on it. It's a story of someone who's seeking after the voice of God and he's actually end up in a cave and then lightning strikes and fire from heaven and thunder shows up and he's scared and he thought all that was God and all out of nowhere there's a small whisper going down the cave. The voice that says, I wasn't in the fire, I wasn't in the lightning, I wasn't in the thunder, I'm in the still whisper. That's why we worship so loud. That's the thunder. That's why the lights are crazy. That's the lightning. That's why it gets hot in here sometimes. That's the fire of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. All this for what? For you to hear a whisper that says, I love you. I'm for you. I'm with you and not against you. This is a place of grace and mercy. Like the lights, they're too bright. Well, we're gonna make we're gonna be brighter. We're gonna get brighter. Wait till our budget gets bigger. We're gonna do crazier stuff. We're gonna go nuts. Why does everyone get to use all the fun gear? We're gonna use it too. Come on, somebody. If it's out there, why not be loud and proud about Jesus Christ? Why 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 are you persecuting me? Someone say, God is in the whisper. God is in the whisper. And let me tell you, all throughout today, my hope is you heard the whisper. Because we're going to keep, every, every Tuesday, we're going to keep smashing the drums and jumping and turning up in the name of Jesus. Because he's good and he deserves our wild worship. Like wild worship. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, I'm not going to do it. You don't only have to get wild when you're on alcohol. You can get wild in the name of Jesus. I don't get loose in church. You get loose in the club, though. I see girls, don't start. Don't start. You better give God all you got, your energy, your sweat, your best outfit. Come on, somebody. Why are you saving the best you for the world now? Give it to God. He deserves it. He deserves it. This world will pass away. Those people will fall away. The kingdom of heaven is an unshakable kingdom. It ain't going nowhere. He deserves my worship. Everything I got. We're going to keep turning up. The lights are going to keep being crazy. But would you hear the whisper of Jesus? It's inside of an experience with Jesus that you hear his voice. Notice the first thing that happens was the light from heaven, and second was the voice. Second was the voice. You guys with me? 
Three days, verse 9, for three days he was blind. Two minutes. For three days he was blind. Somebody say blind. blind. So, 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 so God blinded him. I think Pastor Dennis said something about that like a summer camp, right, didn't he? Sometimes, what was it? Sometimes God got to blind you to what? So you can see better. Come on, see him in a new way. Some great. I wasn't even going to preach that, but that's great. Can y'all make some noise for Pastor Dennis one time? Let's go. Sometimes God needs to blind you for you to see in a new way. Oh, that's another day, though. Notice, notice, notice what happens after he's blind and after he, he feels the light and he hears the voice of God. Notice Saul's response. Verse 10, in Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias, somebody say, yes, Lord. He answered. Isn't that funny that Saul says, who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? Who are you? And then Ananias, a believer in the one true God, says, yes, Lord. I'm here. I'm present. Notice the guy who just got shredded by the lightning from heaven is now responding with a question, but Ananias is responding with an answer. You see, when you have an experience with Jesus, are you asking the right questions? Are you asking the wrong? Here's a wrong question. How close to sin can I get without sinning? That's a bad question. Here's a better question. <laughs> How does the Holy Spirit convict me to who I'm supposed to be? It's a better question. And I love Ananias because he didn't have a question. He had an answer. He said, yes, Lord. I'm going to say, yes, Lord. This goes to all you believe in Jesus. Here's my next idea. Don't ask for fruit for moments if you won't say yes to seed moments. Don't ask for it. Ananias, this is crazy. Saul, terrorist, Ananias, believer in God. God says, yo, I need you for something crazy. I need you to reach out to this guy who's killing probably your friends. He probably killed one of your family members for believing the same God you believe. And Ananias is like, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I'm here. You're asking me to do something I don't even understand, but I'm here. I'm showing up. I'm here. I'm here. And because I'm here in a seed moment, I can now receive the fruit moment because I was faithful in the seed moment. And a lot of us are praying for fruit without being active in moments of seeds. And God gives you a seed, like come, come, to, come this Tuesday, watch it out produce in your life. Come to small groups for one season, just track out for one season and uh, watch the deliverance that's sort to of build up in you. And take these steps. And, and, and you can't ask for fruit if you're not chasing after seeds. Here's my next idea. Don't expect things to happen if you don't happen. Don't expect things to show up if you don't show up. Don't expect God to meet you where you're at if you won't be honest about where you're at. Stop asking for God to show up in areas he wants you to show up. God needs you to show up in my finances. Show up and start tithing, and I will bring so much blessing into your life. Like... Get 10% and sacrifice it for me. Watch what I'll do with a 10% sacrifice. You'll see that 90% in your hands is better than 100 in your hands. Because 90 is blessed and 100 is cursed. Whoa. 
oh, oh God, I need you to step into my relationship. He's like, step into your relationship. How about you take time and the only relationship you focus on is the one with me? How about you take some time and step into the moment? Oh God, I need some help in my organization. Would you step in, God? And God's like, you show up and I'll show up and I'll meet you right there. But our God's a gentleman. He will not possess you. He will not take over your will. He will not overthrow your conscience and work you like a robot. Our God is a gentleman. He invites you in. He yields you in. He says, come get this love that is like no other. One sip of this well, you'll never grow thirsty again. Verse 11. The Lord told him, Ananias. So if you're here today and you don't believe in Jesus, you're Saul. You have a past. But tonight, you met Jesus. You heard the whisper. How will you respond? Some of you tonight, you're Ananias. You're saved. You believe in God. But God's challenging you to do something you don't even see the point in. He's challenging you to do something crazy. And you're saying for God to show up, and he's asking you to show up. Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street. Somebody say Straight Street. That's a cool street. That's only what I'm saying. It, it's like, I would love to live on Straight Street. And he, that's how you got to read the Bible. And he asked for a man from Tarsus named Saul. For he was praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place, <clears throat> excuse me, and place his hands on him to restore sight. So God told Ananias, go to this place on Straight Street, ask for Saul, he's praying. He just got saved, y'all. Like he just had a moment, he's blind and now he's praying. In a vision, he has seen, so God's saying, yo, Ananias, Paul, Saul, he's having a vision right now of you showing up. So I'm telling you to go show up because I gave him that vision. And if you don't show up, that's just a weird dream. And he's not going to know what's happening until you actually show up. And then his vision becomes a reality because of your obedience to my call. So I'm calling you because I called him. I'm choosing you because I already chose him. And you're saved. That's awesome. But I want to do something through you. God just can't happen to you. He needs to happen through you. And he says, listen, he come to a place and, and, and put your hands on him and restore his sight. And you will pray for him and he'll be healed. Some of you guys haven't experienced healing because you're only reaching your hand because it's your will, not God's will. God says, lay your hand in this area. You're like, that, that's too ugly. I'd rather pray for this area because I'm more comfortable being in this space, praying for these things that will probably never grow me. When you focus on what God wants you to focus on, when you lay hands on what God wants you to lay hands on, you'll see healing in your life. So many young adults today don't get involved. They don't love God. They're lost. Here's why. You don't have a purpose. You want to know what your ultimate purpose is? And we see it in the life of Ananias is this. Here's my purpose. Ready? So simple. Go, reach, and pray for deliverance. Can I keep it simple tonight? God, what's my, what's my purpose? I know I can sing. I know I can dance. I like to draw. What are you going to do with that? No, no, no. I'm not talking about your gifts. I'm talking about your purpose. Go reach and pray for deliverance. Your gifts help with the reach. But your gifts don't reach by themselves. Y'all with me tonight? Verse 13. And this is what happens when God's plan push, pushes against your plan. What happens when God's expectation over you pushes against over your own expectations? This is wild. In verse 13, the Lord says, he says, Lord, and Ananias answers. He says, Lord. Now, I know you're talking about this dude Paul, this dude Saul, whatever. I know you're talking to pray for him, and he's going to get healed, and that's cool and all. But, but I've heard many reports about this dude right here. All the harm he has done. 
to your holy people in Jerusalem. I'm going to let you know who you're telling me to go talk to because he's doing harm to your people. 14, and he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord says to Ananias, next verse, but the Lord says to Ananias, go. I'm going to say go. In verse 15, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. Lord, have you heard what they've done? Yes, Ananias, I've heard. You know what you're calling me to do right now, God. I want to remind you where you're asking for me. God's looking at, I know, man, I know. I called you. But God, do you know where you're calling me, though? Because it's a, it's a tough situation. You sure? Because... I don't know if you've ever been in Jerusalem around these guys, but they don't play. I know. Now, would you go? But God, hold up one second now. One second now. I'll go in just a second. I'll go in just a minute. What's what, 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 do, do you know what they call him? He's crazy. I can imagine praying like, oh, he's crazy. He's crazy. Have you heard of this guy before? I made him just like I made you. I've got a purpose for him. And that's how some of you sound when you're trying to hold back sacrifice in your life. You sure you want me to serve? I mean, I really hear people say, I think I'm praying to serve at our church. I'm praying about it. I'm like, that's the one thing you don't have to pray about. <laughs> like, God, would you use me? <laughs> it's like, he wants to use you. <laughs> like, that's the only reason he sent Jesus and the church isn't angels. The church is human beings, yo. It's like us. Like, and there's no one else coming. But God, would you use me? He wants to use you. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you could ever do is obey God without knowing the outcome. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you could ever do is obeying God without knowing how it's going to happen. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you could do is jump in the car, get into a tunnel, and trust that there's going to be light at the end of that tunnel. That's sometimes the most spiritual thing you could do. Obeying without knowing leads to being in places you've never been before. And I'm not talking to a church that just wants to go back to the same old, same old. If you're here tonight, you don't want to be the same after this moment. You don't want to leave these doors doing exactly what you used to do. Come on, you walked in here. God will transform you. He'll sharpen you up. And when you obey God without knowing, that leads to being in places you've never been before. Because if you know it, you can expect it. And if you've expected it, you've been there before. But if it's to something new, if it's to something you've never seen, you won't understand what the end is. Just trust in God. Anybody love movies? Anybody love Disney movies? And y'all see Lion King? I ain't see it yet. Someone's like, don't see it. I cried harder than the cartoon one. <laughs> it's like, relax. I mean, I love Finding Nemo, though. Anybody love Finding Nemo? I hear the soundtrack, and I just already begin to like, <laughs> I just get like, I love the soundtrack. Toy Story fans, any Toy Story fans? Has anyone ever seen 
uh, uh, the Narnia movies? Who likes those Narnia? Yo. Why that first Narnia movie made us all want to play hide and seek for like three months straight? You jump into a closet like. Oh, okay, it don't work, it don't work. <laughs> I know you tried it, I tried it too. Here's what's funny. Imagine those kids in Narnia leaving the closet and be like, yo, I dare you to walk in that closet. I dare you. And I imagine people going through the wardrobe like, man, this is so stupid. You, this one, y'all dumb, man, y'all dumb. And out of nowhere, you know how it happens, like they just burst out and they're like in the wilderness, like, what? I just bring up this movie, because can I tell you, that's what serving God looks like. Like, you're, you're in the world, you see, being Christian isn't a good thing. It's not okay. Like, your leader, your savior, Jesus Christ, he died a brutal death with whips on his back, and it's all his homies and disciples, yeah, none of them were, were there to be found. He died naked and alone for you and me. He died for you, because of you, as you. That's, that's your leader. That's your Jesus. And you're wondering why it's hard to be a Christian? Here, you know how hard it is to be a Christian in Europe, in these third world countries that will decapitate you for finding a Bible in your car. I got it hard. You have it easy. See, in, in our world, there's so many doors, so many pathways, but Jesus is the is the wardrobe. It looks like oh, that's that's nothing. You're going to jump into that and end up lost. Worship team, help me out. You're going to jump into that and, and end up stuck. But it's until you push through the clothes. It's until you do something that seems stupid, like prayer. If you don't believe in a God, you, you think prayer is the dumbest thing ever. Until you push through it a little bit. If you don't know God, this whole thing was worship karaoke, right? It's a praises, read a lyric. No, this is, I'm pushing through the, through the wardrobe. I'm getting to my blessing. You see, coming every week. I don't got to show up every, come on, we showing up every week. Come on, because God's here every single, there's an appointment of destiny here every single Tuesday. And I'm going to fight for God to do something. My last idea is this. I want you to see this when you talk to God, when you pray, when you worship, obeying without understanding. This is how it should be for us. When you talk to God, you should say this, God, a yes to you is a yes to new. A yes to you is a yes to new. He's pushing you. That's what happens when you meet Jesus. He, he shines his light on you. He'll allow you to see things in a new way, not with your earthly eyes, but with your spiritual eyes. He's, he's opening something up. It's, it's, it's like he's clearing the way. He's like he's window wiping your soul. He whispers. He reveals. And he calls you to community. He calls you to his hands. Every head bowed, we got closed in this room. This is a moment we talked about that we, we keep it private. It's just you and God. Don't feel pressure. I, I, I really see this whole moment tonight as one big pitch. One, one, one big throw of, of, of a pitcher right, right to you. Man, this is the moment that you decide not to swing out. Everyone stay seated. No one, no one looking around. Eyes closed. Come on, let's be sensitive to the moment. Every head bowed, got closed. I, I, I see this as a call and response, really. I see it as a call and response. Let's, let's turn this place up. If you want Jesus in this place, if you want to respond with your life,
if, you, if you're saying, Pastor, I'm, I'm ready to, to 